Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, January 8th. Coming up, Missouri's legislature gaveled in its election year session last week. Today, it's Kansas's turn. We'll take a look at what lawmakers may or may not accomplish in Topeka this year. But first, it's our weekly look at top government and politics stories on both sides of the state line. A proposed sales tax extension that would fund both the renovation of Arrowhead Stadium and a new downtown Royals ballpark will be considered by the Jackson County Legislature today. The Chiefs and the Royals issued a joint statement late Friday afternoon with both teams committing to remain in Jackson County if voters approve an extension of the three-eighths cent sales tax in April. Putting that on the ballot would require county legislature action by January 23rd. But earlier on Friday, legislator Manny Abarca said he was prepared to introduce a measure to place only half that tax extension on the ballot, the part benefiting only the Chiefs, if the Royals would not commit to a particular location. The team's joint statement says they will commit $200 million between them in economic benefits to the county over 40 years. That includes shouldering the cost for insurance on the stadiums, which the county currently pays. Writing on X, Abarca said he was glad for the, quote, clear concessions in the team's statement, as well as for their commitment to a collective bargaining agreement with stadium workers. In Jefferson City, a Missouri House committee is recommending that state law phase out the earnings tax on which St. Louis and Kansas City budgets depend. Democrats will oppose that. But as Sarah Kellogg reports, one committee suggestion, an exemption for low-income workers, could see bipartisan support. The special committee established in August met multiple times over the fall to hear from officials and others in St. Louis and Kansas City about the earnings tax. City representatives argued the tax is needed to fund essential operations. Democratic Representative Peter Meredith said the exemption for low-income workers is an idea he's very interested in examining. I would love to see our earnings taxes um, become more progressive. That said, I I think if we're going to have that conversation, we should also be having a conversation about a higher bracket. Um, where those that are, you know, bringing in tons and tons of money each year might have a higher rate to pay. Meanwhile, Meredith called the major proposed change a gradual phasing out of the earnings tax, quote, classic Republican messaging. With Kansas and Missouri lawmakers gearing up for their new legislative year, both states' legislatures boast a record number of women. As KCUR's Jody Fortino reports, a local training program is trying to build on that momentum. The Greater Kansas City Women's Political Caucus holds a candidate training school to help more women run for office. They teach women about raising money, managing volunteers, and talking to constituents. Kansas City Councilwoman Raina Parks Shaw said she had no idea how to run a campaign when she started her own. I didn't train to to be an elected official or to be a politician. I'm doing this really because I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to leave the world different or better than when I came in. The next candidate training will run from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on January 20th at the Sylvester Powell Jr. Community Center. When the Kansas legislature gavels into session today, tax reform will be the top priority for some, including one influential group of business leaders. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports. The Kansas Chamber will once again lobby for the passage of a single-rate tax of 5% for annual income above $15,000. Proponents say replacing the current multi-tiered tax rate would help taxpayers and the state can afford it. But critics have said the change would favor wealthier people and cost around $1.5 billion in revenue per year. 
The plan would need a two-thirds majority in both the House and Senate to override a likely veto from the governor. And that's just one of the proposals facing the Kansas legislature as it returns to Topeka today. We'll find out more of what's on their agenda when Kansas City Today returns in a moment. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. At 2 o'clock this afternoon, under the Capitol Dome in Topeka, leaders of the Kansas House and Senate will gavel the legislature to order, kicking off an election year session sure to be filled with conflict and controversy. Republicans dominate both chambers, and they're certain to go toe-to-toe with Democratic Governor Laura Kelly on the budget and on her plans for Medicaid expansion, while advancing their own priorities for tax and education reform. Dylan Lyson has been covering the State House for the Kansas News Service, and he spoke with Steve Kraske on KCUR's Up to Date about what we should expect and not expect from this year's session. So once again, Governor Laura Kelly is pushing for legislators in the general uh, Kansas legislature to expand Medicaid. There's been repeated attempts to do this, but they failed. Do we expect a lot more of the same this year? Yeah, she's already uh, pitched the idea of expanding it. This is, you know, her going into her sixth year as governor. This is basically her sixth plan. <laughs> uh, but uh, this plan, basically, uh, she's trying to, like, meet Republicans in the middle who oppose this plan or oppose expanding Medicaid, where um, she's pitching a work requirement, which basically would require anyone who receives this new Medicaid um, would need to either have a job or prove they're looking for a job. But Republicans have already they've already come out and said they don't support this idea. I mean, the part of the reason is um, it's a federal program. So the federal government would have to sign off on this work requirement. And uh, they're very uh, um, skeptical that the federal government would ever do that. So they kind of think Kelly's proposal is um, kind of playing politics and smoke and mirrors. You just get the sense from reading the coverage of uh, her attempt to move to the middle on this issue that she's just trying anything she can to get Medicaid expansion across the finish line. And Republicans just aren't willing to budge at all here. Right. I mean, Kelly's pitched several different plans to try to get this uh, across the finish line. Um, But yeah, she's being stonewalled by the Republican leaders, even though there are Republicans in the state house uh, who do support it. But those in leadership have routinely um, rejected it. Um, And as we know, uh, a majority of Kansans support it. We've seen that in the Kansas Speaks uh, survey. But yeah, I mean, Kelly told me before she's going to pitch it every chance she gets (laughs) until Mm -hmm. it gets passed. Um, Yeah, so far, no good. Remind our listeners, if you would, Dylan, how is the legislature in Kansas organized in terms of how many lawmakers represent each party? Um, well, right. So there, in the House, there is 85 Republicans of the 125 seats, which is... A supermajority. Yeah, supermajority. And that means they can override any uh, veto from the governor if they choose to do so. Right. That's the case in both the House and Senate. Uh, they have a couple more seats than they need for the supermajority. So they have more than two-thirds in both. Um, but yeah, they, they can override Kelly if Republicans stick together. Um, they did that several times last year, uh, specifically on things like transgender rights, although they also failed a couple times last year, like on tax 
tax cuts and um, school vouchers and things like that. So, you know, one of the big focuses of Democrats is just breaking up that supermajority, you know, trying to disrupt things. This session is going to be a big topic for them and then hoping to uh, flip a few seats in November. So what you're saying is the governor's really pushing a rock up a hill when it comes to passing her priorities because she faces the supermajority every single day of every single legislative session. Right. As a Democratic governor in Kansas, especially with the supermajority, her job is kind of, she's told me this before, her job is kind of keeping things, um, you know, not going too far <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to be a stopgap, uh, stopping some of the more conservative ideas that um, she opposes. But um, so, yeah, her her agenda is hard to get past. <laughs> uh, she sa- faces a lot of opposition. But, um, yeah, her goal is in a lot of cases just stopping some of the bills she does not like. Another issue that's going to be uh, much talked about this year, Republicans in Topeka really pushing this idea of a flat tax. Could that be something they push again this year and any chance that's going to pass? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely possible they'll pitch another flat tax. Um, it would have last year's plan would have been like 5.15 percent. Uh, um, you know, critics kind of oppose this because, you know, it, it would basically everyone, the vast majority of Kansans would pay the same income tax. But the biggest benefit would be the wealthiest Kansans. You know, they would see um, the biggest tax cut. Last year, that plan, that provision alone would have cut like $330 million from the state budget, which the state has the money to do that. They have, they're on course to have like more than $2.5 billion in the bank next year, next summer. But um, Kelly vetoed that. Uh, She, you know, mentioned the concern about the, you know, basically helping the wealthiest Kansans. But she also says she had concerns about it kind of draining the budget as years go on. Um, however, you know, Republicans tried to override that veto um, from Kelly and they fell just short. A couple mm-hmm. Republicans didn't fall in line. And that that may also be a big issue with the uh, election coming up. They may, you know, Republican leadership may use the upcoming election as pressure to get those who didn't override that veto last year to do it again or try to get it this year. Um, you know, we've already seen a couple of lawmakers mention they've been targeted with uh Um, campaign ads basically Mm -hmm. saying they don't support this flat tax. You should vote them out. You mentioned this idea of a surplus. There's, you know, more than $2 billion on hand come next summer. You just said, Dylan, how does that affect the thinking of lawmakers? Because my experience always has been when there's money sitting around, lawmakers would like to spend it. Right. I mean, well, that was also the case last year. Um, They did increase funding here and there, um, but they did still leave billions of dollars unused. And a lot of that is coming from COVID-19 federal funds that um, um, they have that they can still use. So um, part of Kelly's concern of back to the tax cuts that, you know, that's that's why lawmakers are really want to start cutting taxes and give some of that money back to Kansans because they're clearly not using it. <laughs> but uh, those dollars aren't ongoing revenue. It's one-time funding they got from the federal government, a lot of it, not all of it. But So there's that's why Kelly's a little concerned about making tax cuts that are too significant because that money's going to run out. But last year they had a lot, a, the opportunity to spend a lot of that money and they didn't. School choice has also been a big issue for Kansans uh, recently. What's going to happen on that front? We've heard a few Republicans mention that it's a priority. Uh, they had a um, special uh, committee meet over uh, the off season of the legislature, you know, and they were kind of talking about um, bringing that back. The bill last year would have um, basically provided $5,000 to um, families who sent their children to private school or homeschool. And critics kind of argue that's a way to take 
public funding for public education and moving it to private schools um, kind of uh, defeats the purpose of public education. Uh, Governor Kelly's going <laughs> to oppose that forever. She'll veto vouchers <laughs> into eternity, I think she said. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, she told me that she would you know, stick with that plan. Um, I remember House Speaker Dan Hawkins, who's a Republican, mentioned recently in Wichita that he plans that's a priority. However, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people who are not thrilled with how public education is going, which is, you know, theoretically, who would want to take advantage of that kind right. of voucher. But Kelly mentioned uh, to me that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of private schools in Kansas, and uh, especially in rural areas, you know, rural residents really wouldn't see much of a benefit from this type of tax credit. And um, there's also, she argues in other states that the people who use this tax credit are people who are already sending their kids to private schools. So it's really not advancing um, anything, so to speak. A couple more issues here. We just had Kansas uh, Senate President Ty Masterson on the show just a few short weeks ago. We asked him about medical marijuana, Dylan. He said on our show that he isn't totally ruling it out, but he has also often said he views that as a pathway to recreational marijuana, which he opposes. Do you expect any movement on medical weed this session? No, <laughs> really, I don't think uh, Senate Senator Masterson would let it through the Senate. I know we've seen the House um, pass a bill. Um, you know, they've come together and passed a bill that would legalize marijuana, but then it reaches the Senate and doesn't get anywhere. Uh, I know uh, Senator Masterson was on here a couple weeks ago talking about that. And, you know, he's been making that argument for a long time that, you know, there's no studies. There's no we don't know the right way to do it. But, you know, the vast majority of the country <laughs> has already moved that way. So as long as the way the legislature is currently constructed, I don't see anything changing. That was Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service speaking with host Steve Kraske on KCUR's Up to Date. You can subscribe to Up to Date's podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And for coverage of the Kansas legislature all session long from the Kansas News Service, and for that matter, Missouri General Assembly coverage too, be sure to check out kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Madeline Fox. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, tune in to KCUR 89.3. Thanks for listening and have a great week. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously, but you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit radioactive on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party and it's going to be bumping. You got to be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.